1: of the Infected trilogy, written by number 1 New York Times best-selling novelist Scott Sigler, performed by the author. Infected is also available in print, ebook, and unabridged audiobook. For links to purchase any version, visit scottsigler.com/infected. Chapter 51: The Arches. Margaret, Amos, and Clarence Otto stared at the photo mural. Clarence had had the painting blown up to three times the original size, so that Gwen's nightmarish vision took up an entire wall. They'd all caught a few hours of sleep from around 2 a.m. to 5 a.m., then it was back to work. After two hours of staring at the mural, staring and thinking, Margaret still felt groggy despite five cups of nasty hospital coffee. Amos, as usual, looked none the worse for wear. Neither did Otto. Margaret hated them both. Amos stood right in front of the photo mural, his nose just inches from the wall. How did Gwen know these people? Margaret stared and thought hard about the question. I don't think he knew these people at all. Amos looked at her and crossed his arms. What, are you saying the kid was psychic or something? Margaret shook her head slowly, but kept her eyes fixed on the painting photo. No, I don't think so. Not psychic but something like psychic, something beyond the science we know. Where she could identify and match, she had taped the life-size pictures of the infestation victims' faces next to their life-size spot on the painting. Blaine Tannery, Charlotte Wilson, Gary Leland, Judy Washington, Martin Brubaker, Get Wynn. There was an indefinable horror in seeing the real faces taped next to Gwynn's ghastly, painted renditions. Horror, yes. that horror paled in comparison to the math. "'Those six faces she knew. "'There were eleven other faces that she did not. "'So there were more, at least eleven more. "'And who knew how many beyond that? "'The thing made of those bodies seemed to expand far beyond the frame. "'How many other faces would be on the rest of the, the... "'What was it, an arch? "'No, there were multiple arches. "'The construct.' Why was she focusing on that? Why did she feel the need to name it? Was it significant? Margaret slowly walked backwards, taking in the painting. Her eyes traced the arch, trying to imagine where the other end of it would logically fall. The construct would be huge. The two arches alone would be at least twenty feet high. Arches. Made out of human parts. Clarence, Margaret said quietly, get me due on the phone. Now! Chapter 52 Internet Perry woke all at once, sitting straight up with his eyes wide open. His sleeping mind had been searching his thoughts, not unlike the way the Triangle searched his gray matter database, looking for an answer to the problem at hand. While sleeping, his brain had found a keyword to clutch, a distant beacon of hope in a dark, flatland of despair. That word was Internet. How stupid he'd been to call on the phone, rummaging through the Yellow Pages, trying to find triangle this or triangle that. How could the soldiers make themselves known in the Ann Arbor Yellow Pages? America was a big fucking place. And who was to say that this triangle infection epidemic was limited to the United States? It was probably global. And if you wanted to communicate with people all over the world, you need a global medium. Not television, not radio, not phones, not newspapers. If you wanted to keep something quiet, but let people know you were out there, there was only one answer. The only true global medium. The Internet. He moved to rub the sleep from his eyes and suddenly had to bite back a scream as he rolled onto his scorched ass. He couldn't see the window in the living room, but the brightness of the apartment told him he hadn't been asleep long. If he ever got out of this alive, he'd buy himself a brand new bed, something he couldn't afford, something so comfortable he'd never want to get out of it again, something that was better than sleeping on linoleum floors. The four horsemen were still out. He could feel them sleeping. Except they weren't the four horsemen anymore, were they? Perry managed a malicious smile, even though every inch of his body seemed to voice complaint. They weren't four anymore, he was sure of it. They were three. What would he call them? As if there could have ever been any doubt. The three stooges were all that remained. That made the score Perry Dossie four, fucking triangles three. Perry wouldn't quit until he got the shutout. He fumbled his way to his feet correction, foot, and hobbled to his Macintosh. Less than 60 seconds after he awoke, the Mac chimed its startup tone and began the boot process. Startup programs came to life, including his email and instant message clients. Why hadn't he thought of it before? He was on the internet every day for crying out loud. That's where the answer lay. That's what it was all about. He started up Firefox and went right to Google. He didn't think it mattered what search engine he used. The government would make sure that the Triangle's homepage was easily found by those who knew what to look for. His email client finished loading and immediately chirped at him. 64 emails. He took a quick peek at the inbox. A quick count showed 16 messages from Bill. Sure, Perry hadn't been to work, but wasn't that a little, I don't know, stalkerish? Why was Bill trying so hard? He's trying to contact you because he's your friend, dumbass, Perry thought. Well, what if there was more to this? What if Bill... What if Bill was supposed to be keeping an eye on him? You're getting crazy paranoid, Perry, old boy. Knock that shit off and focus. He had to concentrate on the web search. That's where the answer lay. It had to. He typed in triangles. He would have never thought there would be so much stuff. The entries were numerous. Tons of Wikipedia shit, math up the ass, sites focusing on the Triangle area in North Carolina, and of course, several on the Bermuda Triangle. Perry breezed through them, giving them little more than a cursory once over. He typed in, triangles, and infected. Finally, he found it, 15 pages into the search. To a normal person, it wouldn't have looked like anything out of the ordinary. But to Perry, the letters on the screen glowed with hope. The search read, Triangles, you are not alone. We're here to help you. This page has all the information on dealing with your condition and making you better. www.tomorrowresearch.com Not alone. Not alone! His hand shook with excitement. He finally knew, really knew, that someone could help him. People knew about the parasite slinking their tails through his body. He clicked on the entry. Perry stared with wide eyes, his pulse hammering both in his head and in his wounded shoulder, his breath pinched tight in his chest. Big letters at the top of the page read, You Are Not Alone. The layout was stark and simple, not enough graphics to interest the casual browser should he stumble onto it. To Perry, however, the page was a godsend. Right under You Are Not Alone was a triangle. It was the image embedded in his own skin, a stylistic rendering of the horror that sent tendrils throughout his body, and yet it was something he'd seen all his life. It was the pyramid from the back of a one-dollar bill, its eye glowing green at the top. This pyramid, however, showed three glowing eyes at the top, not just one. Perry choked back tears. Only someone who'd seen the blue critters under the skin would realize, could realize, the meaning of that three-eyed pyramid. Underneath the triangle was a short message. The words called to his desperate soul as if they were the writings of God. You are not alone. If you have found this page, then you know what we're all about. We're here to help you. We know what's happening to you and we can save you, but you have to act quickly. Your condition gets worse by the second. Click here to fill out the form with your address and we will send doctors to you immediately. Be patient, be calm, We're here to help you. Do not panic, as it will only make things worse. Do not tell anyone else about your condition, not even your doctors. There are people out there that want to harm you. Stay where you are, fill out the form, and wait. Everything will be fine. Do not tell anyone about the triangles. If you think you can't wait, dial 206 222 2898. Perry almost wanted to get up and dance around the room. He'd found the way out. He'd hit the eject button before the damaged fighter crashed into a mountain. He'd gotten the call from the governor just before they'd thrown the switch. He'd rushed out of the burning building, beautiful co-star over his shoulder, just before the gas mains caught and the credits rolled over a mushroom cloud of fire and death. All he had to do was wait. He wrote down the number. He'd call as soon as he finished with the computer. The form asked for his name, then his street address. He flew through it. Backing up only to fill in a few typos made as his hasty fingers danced frantically across the keyboard. It asked for his phone number. He typed it in. He stopped for a brief second at the next question, wanting to finish and click send, but the oddity of the query gave him pause. It said, Who have you told about your condition? List their full names and addresses, please. Now, why the fuck would they want to know that? Who cared? It didn't matter. He hadn't told anyone. He typed in none. The next question said, Describe your current condition. Be as detailed as possible on what they look like. They was in all caps. He didn't have time for this shit. He needed help now. He clicked send, completing the form. It didn't matter. They had enough information and he couldn't put it off anymore. They'd be here soon. All he had to do was wait. Wait for the cavalry. His computer beeped. An instant message window appeared. From Sticky Fingers Whitey. Bill Miller's Handle. It said, Good God, man, you're finally online? With four exclamation points. Then, Are you okay? Perry stared at the screen. He was suddenly petrified, afraid to move. First the emails, then the call, and now this. From Sticky Fingers Whitey. I know you're there, fat boy. Talk to a brother. Bill Miller was one of them. One of them. He'd IM'd as soon as Perry had sent in the form. That wasn't a coincidence. Of course it is, Perry thought. You've been offline for days. He IM'd you almost as soon as you came back, and that's all. It couldn't be Bill. He'd known Bill for years. But if someone wanted to experiment on Perry, to watch Perry, who better to do that than his best friend? All they had to do was turn Bill to their side. That was the term. Turn. What they do to make double agents. From Sticky Fingers Whitey Stop jerking or and answer me. Seriously. Getting pissed. Don't make me smack you around, bitch. Instant messages weren't enough for Bill. Perry's voice over IP connection started to ring. Bill was trying to initiate an internet phone call over the computer. The computer's digital ringing sounded far too loud in the quiet apartment. What is that sound? What? Perry jumped with surprise. The triangles had been so utterly quiet he'd forgotten about them. He sucked in three shallow breaths, clenched and unclenched his fists. Did they know he'd just contacted the soldiers? And if they did, would they mind-scream him any second now? Were they searching his brain? New noises. What are the new noises we are hearing? Perry grabbed the mac with both hands and threw it against the wall as hard as he could, Plastic and glass smashed with a bright flash of electricity. The pieces fell to the floor, leaving a scored burn mark on the wall. A fuzzy black snake, marking the computer's sudden death. What is going on? Tell us! Nothing. Nothing is going on. I don't hear anything. He had to play it cool, relaxed, Chillsville. He couldn't let on that the triangle's hours were numbered. He had to keep them in the dark. It was only a matter of time before this game was over, and if Perry wanted to win, he had to play it cool. Just like Fonzie, honey bunny. Play it cool. New noises. What are the new noises we are hearing? Noises? I didn't hear anything. I'm sure it's nothing to worry about. No one is here? No Columbo's? Anyone? No, just relax, man. Just... just chill. Perry felt the triangle's oddly black emotions flowing through him. He tried to nail down the vibe. Anxiety, perhaps. His own emotions. Excitement. Hope. Fear. Rage. "'stirred them up like a bunch of hyperactive kids "'dropped in the midst of the Hershey's Chocolate Factory. "'Is something wrong? Who is there? Who?' "'Perry took a very deep breath and let it out slowly, "'telling himself over and over again to relax. "'He repeated the process ten times, "'feeling calm spread over his body. "'Discipline, as dear old Dad would say. "'Without discipline, you're no better than some two-bit coos "'crying over this and crying over that.' "'Perry knew he had to calm down to chill out the Three Stooges. It's okay, fellas. There's no one here. Just relax. We're all going to go to sleep now. Just chill. Perry closed his eyes. Relaxation swept over him like a warm wind. This was not the time for weakness. If he'd ever had a moment of self-control in his life, now was the time to exercise it. You gotta have discipline, boy. Without discipline, people are going to walk all over you and nobody but nobody walks all over a dossie. He laid his head on the back of the couch. This was a game, that's all, just like football, although this time the stakes were a bit higher than a Big Ten title. It was a game, and he was winning. A smile touched his face, only for a second, as sleep came and he drifted away.
0: During Women's History Month, come explore what feminism means to you with nonfiction storytelling podcast, Thread the Needle. I'm your host, Donna Schill. I'll use my background in journalism to dive into topics that matter to women today. Listen to Thread the Needle wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Chapter 53, Margaret Talks to Do. Agent Otto handed Margaret his cell phone. The weight surprised her. The cell phone was larger than any she'd seen in years. Hello, do? I assume you're calling because you have information for me, Doc. I'm trying to run an op here. Even through the cell phone, she could hear his annoyance. She didn't have time for his attitude. We need satellite coverage. Can you get that? Why do we need it? You know what, Phillips? Answer the fucking question, okay? Can you or can you not get satellite coverage? There was a pause. You might want to talk to me with a little more respect there, Doc. Screw your respect. Answer the damn question or I hang up and go right to Murray. Can you, or can you not, get dedicated satellite coverage for the Ann Arbor area? This isn't the movies, Doc. We can't just dial in an address and see a full-color picture of Mr. and Mrs. Jones doing it doggy style. It'll take some time, but we can get the coverage. Now, if you're done with the potty mouth, you want to tell me why? Margaret held the phone with her right hand. With her left, she rubbed her knuckles against her hair. So hard it hurt. None of this made any sense. None of this was science. But she knew what had to be done. She couldn't explain why. Yet it had to be done anyway. The paintings of Gwen. They had all the known victims. Then eleven other people. So? So there are victims we haven't found yet. You know we're working on that, Doc. We have scans of the faces. All points out on them over the whole state and into Ohio and Indiana. We're trying to track them down. Why is a satellite going to help with that? Margaret winced as her knuckles dug too deep. She forced herself to put her hand at her side. They're building something. I think the victims are supposed to build something. Something big. What? What are they supposed to build? Something in the woods, maybe. I think there are trees involved. Deep woods, even. So then what shall I tell the satellites to look for? Margaret sighed. I don't know. Something with arches. Maybe twenty feet high. All right. How long is this thing? Do I just don't know. Margaret. Dew spoke slowly, as if explaining something to a child. Changing a satellite's tracking is a big deal. We have to drop scheduled coverage from an area to redirect. Plus, we have to get squints assigned to look at the pictures. Try and find what you're looking for. And since you don't really know what it is you're looking for and we're covering a huge area, it's a practically impossible job. Now with all that in mind, is this just a hunch of yours, or do you have something real for me? Margaret thought about it. She had nothing solid, nothing to go on, other than the painting of an insane, murdering artist. It's a hunch, but I feel it, Dew. Even through the rough connection, she heard Dew's heavy sigh. (sighs) Fine. Fuck it. What have we got to lose? So this'll take four or five hours. I'm telling them to look for something unusual with arches, 20 feet high, length unknown. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. It will be done. And if you change your mind and want the satellite to look for unicorns or Santa's sleigh, you just let me know. With that, Dew hung up. Chapter 54 Spam Murray Longworth's desk intercom buzzed softly. He pressed the talk button. What is it, Victor? Sir, I thought you'd want to know that something came in over the web. Murray felt his pulse quicken. When? Less than an hour ago, sir. Where is the client? Ann Arbor, Michigan, sir. Bring me the info immediately. Victor entered the office with a sealed envelope. The computer boys were under strict orders to print any web info that came through, then delete all traces of the data from that system. Murray didn't like using the Internet, but he agreed with Montoya and Otto that it was one way to possibly reach victims without raising the press's attention. Apparently, the hunch had paid off. Victor left the room, and Murray broke the seal. Ann Arbor, Michigan. Perry, Dawsey. Dew was already there, had already had a run-in with one of the infected freaks, as had Otto and Margaret. It was a slam-dunk home run. Margaret's work had put Dew close. Dossie listed no contacts. That was good. That made things easier. Apartment complex. That wasn't good. No description of Dossie's condition. Dew was already there. So was Margaret, and she had an analysis facility ready and waiting. Finally, it was the break that Murray needed. Chapter 55 The Truth. The voice tickled his thoughts, teased his muddled mind. Where are they? It was the voice of the triangles, mechanical and yet still alive. Are you there? Another one is missing. The voice of the triangles, and yet it was different, somehow almost feminine. Not a woman's voice, but a woman's concern, a woman's depth of feeling. Why don't they answer? Where are they? His eyes fluttered sleepily. The voice was something important, something he knew he needed to think about. The pain hung on his body like a weighted suit. Every inch seemed to throb and pulse in a muted symphony of complaint. They won't make it. They won't make it. He is too strong. Perry blinked again, clawing his way to consciousness. Triangles, but not his. Were these the ones his own infestors had mentioned when they said that strange phrase? We do that without telephones, Talk to triangles. He felt the three stooges stirring. The female voice faded away. Perry wasn't ready to get up. He lay on the couch, his weight on his left side, wondering if he should just spend the rest of his life there, on his good side, not bothering to get up and suffer any more pain or wonder what fabulous secret the stooges might deal out next. His ass still burned. It felt as if he were still sitting on the stove. A truly nasty smell filled the air. So this was what burning human flesh smells like. Wonderful. There was another smell. Something more pungent. More dead-smelling. But it wafted in and out and couldn't compete with the all-encompassing smell of Perry's home-cooked rump roast. Why do you fight us? And there they were. No mistaking that voice. Male, arrogant, bossy. His own beloved triangles. Who was that other voice? Perry asked, ignoring their question. There's someone else infected, isn't there? Who is it? Does he live in the apartments? We won't tell you. Why do you keep killing us? We're the only ones who can save you now. What the hell are you talking about? Save me. I know I'm as good as dead. No, it's the others who want to kill you, not us. Not us, Perry. We would never hurt you. The triangles weren't trying to kill him. Bullshit. They were going to burrow out his insides and wear him like a coat. take over his mind and dance him around the street like a fucking human muppet. Someone is coming. Is it Columbo? Perry heard nothing. Was their hearing better than his? How strong were they now? You hear someone out in the hall? Is it the neighbor who was here before? No. Footsteps are lighter. It's Columbo. Kill Columbo. It's not Columbo. Why the hell do the police scare you so bad? Because they are coming to get us. "'Men are looking for us, to kill us. "'Why don't you understand?' "'Take it easy. "'Don't get excited and start screaming in my head again, okay?' "'Perry breathed slowly. "'He tried to project his calmness, "'hoping that if the triangles could overflow emotion into him, "'he could do the same in reverse. "'Why do you think they're coming to get you now?' "'Don't you get it. "'If they kill you, they kill us.' "'It hit him like a bullet between the eyes.' Perry's analytical process stopped dead still, as the truth suddenly rocked home. The truth that had been there from the start, and all he'd had to do was ask. The soldiers weren't coming to save him. They were coming to kill him. To keep the triangle larva from hatching. It made perfect sense, although part of his mind still fought against it. If the soldiers wanted to kill him, then there was truly no way out. No escape. No chance. Do you mean, do you mean the soldiers are coming to kill me? Yes, yes, stupid. Yes, coming to kill you. He was fucked. He was completely and utterly fucked. The triangles were killing him from the inside. Soldiers wanted to gun him down and stop the triangles from becoming whatever it is they became. He had no idea who the soldiers were, where they were, what they looked like. They could be anybody. Anybody. And he'd sent an invitation through the internet, painted a fucking bullseye on his own forehead. His father's voice filtered into his head, a once faint memory, now strong and vital. It's you against the world, boy, you just remember that. The world is a harsh place, where only the strong survive. If you ain't strong, people will use you up and throw you away. You gotta show the world who's boss, boy, show them with strength. That's why I'm so tough on you. That, and because you're one stupid, cornhole bastard and you piss me off every chance you get. Someday, boy, you'll thank me. Someday, you'll understand. For the first time in his life, Perry did understand. He'd spent a decade trying to escape his father's legacy of violence and abuse and anger. But now he knew that was a mistake. You were right, Daddy. He was always right. Fuck them all. He was a dossie, goddammit, and he'd sure as hell start acting like one. Columbo is here. As the last of his sanity slipped away, Perry heard a knock at his door. His eyes narrowed to predatory slits. His father's voice. You gonna let him push you around like that, boy? No, sir, daddy. I sure as hell ain't. You have been listening to Infected, book one of the Infected Trilogy, by Scott Sigler. Performed by the author. Produced by Empty Set Entertainment.